Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Everybody knows they want a quarterback because Dan mentioned Carolina as being one team that's has to make a strong effort to get one. I would say Indianapolis is in the same category for a pretty similar reason, which is this is the team that has leaned on stop gaps at the position now yeah. since the Andrew Luck retirement. Free agent signings, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and it hasn't worked out. It feels like the time is right for them to commit to a young signal caller. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That is Mina Kimes on the NFL Live talking about how the Colts need a young quarterback. They need to draft one after signing, uh, what was it, Rivers, Wentz, and uh, and Matt Ryan in three years running. Don't forget and, Jacoby Brissett. He was in that mix as well. So they have well, gone through a yeah. series of veteran quarterbacks since Andrew Luck abruptly retired right and now they are pivoting and probably likely going the young quarterback route buys Chris Ballard in theory more time Jim Mersey has uh, a lot of trust in Chris Ballard Jim Mersey also a guy that you could see you know wanting to make a deal wanting to jump up wanting to persuade his general manager to give up whatever's necessary to get in the pole position in Indy the polls position 312-644-6767. Let's start with Dylan. Dylan is listening in Milwaukee. Hi, Dylan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. So one thing that I was hearing about sort of maybe a week or two ago, but I haven't heard a lot lately, is the idea of them trading the pick for a pick and a player. Now, I know that the draft has a lot of uncertainty, um, and you do want to come out of this off season with a guy on the defensive line and a guy on the offensive line. And with the draft kind of being a crapshoot and trying to trade down, I mean, Max Crosby with the Raiders, Brian Burns with Carolina, there are some established young defensive edge rushers that you could maybe get. I just wondering if maybe that's something that you guys think the bears should consider at this point. Well, that's a really good question. I, I think you don't see it a lot in the NFL because of some contractual cap realities once you trade for a player who has a lot of time left on his contract or it might be an expiring type of deal either way I think it's it's not as it's not as common as it is in some other sports mm-hmm. I have seen it also speculated in this season of speculation about the Bears talking to the Cincinnati Bengals about trading some draft capital for T Higgins and what that would mean because I think he's entering the final year of his contract and then extending him and giving him 
number one receiver money. Those are exciting possibilities. DeForest Buckner has been a guy mentioned in a lot of yes. trade conversations, yes. a defensive tackle for the Colts who played for Matt Eberflus in Indy. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just that typically when you see teams trading down, they do it to accrue draft picks, not necessarily proven yeah, players. I mean, for a team like the Bears, the idea of trading down is to garner as many picks as you can get to try to build up. And it's it's a way of not spending. You know, draft picks are cheaper, period, end of story. It, you, you are not loading up on contracts like you would be if you're – and now the Bears have nothing but money. They have the luxury of both. But, but, but – you want to be on this five-year plan. You want to be on this, I guess it'll be like a three-year plan with the quarterback where you're going to try to improve over that time period. And and then, you know, once you pay the quarterback, you have a hard time loading up on other positions. Trades for picks are done by teams that have both eyes on the future. Yes. And are planning big picture things. Trades for players that are part of, you know, a trade with picks involved are typically about teams that are assess, addressing immediate needs, win-now type moves. So T. Right. Higgins would represent, yes, a number one receiver for Justin Fields, but also might not be, in Ryan Poles' mind, as worthwhile as getting in another number one future pick next year. 312-644-6767. Dave is on the road. Hi, Dave. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, love listening to the show. Um, love listening to you guys every morning. It makes my day. Um, excited for the uh, the draft, and um, I'm kind of um, in the same boat with you, Molly, and the Bears just have maybe trading back multiple times. I think it's just a great opportunity um, for us to just compound picks and you know really build this thing through the draft the right way. So I'm looking forward to. Um, not saying there's a you know right or wrong way to do it, but you know I think that if you can get a lot more future ones and twos, um, you know going into the years to come, especially next year, um, and still stay in the first round and early in the second round, we're going to be cooking with gas, boys. And, um, <laughs> and one guy, one guy that I I think that um, I, I'm a big USC football fan. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody talks about Jordan Addison, but watch out for this guy. He's built like a defensive tackle, but we had no ends. Our defense sucked so much that he played a lot of ends. His name was Tuli Tuli Piopu. Um, 6'4", 290, had 13 and a half sacks. Wow. Um, like, and, um, you know, was an absolute game wrecker. So he can play outside. He can play inside. I think he's going to go early second round. But a guy that I think would fit well within the Bears system. And, he, um, you know, anyways. Yeah. Thanks, 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 Dave. Dave. Yeah, I've seen that kid play. Yeah, He's I a have really too. Good player. I think Will Anderson is easier to pronounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's so is Jalen Carter. <laughs> <laughs> let's try. Uh, let's try Mark. Mark's on the road. Hey, Mark. My question to you guys is: Is your pick? Will you trade back? Your say so your pick at third. You trade with fourth. That guy is in fourth. Can he take your guy, or is he protected? Um, I'm not sure what you're what, asking. What are you saying? Like, if you if you give up, if you give up the number one pick, do you have do you have an agreement with the guy that he's not going to take Jalen Carter at number one? That he's got to take yes. the quarterback. That's usually the way it works. You know, you, it's usually you will say, "Hey, you're taking a quarterback, right? Okay, we'll make a deal." 
or you say who are you taking or what what move you're going to make. Well, I mean, that is common practice, it, I would say. Well, it's almost obvious, but I don't I don't think it they need to reveal obvious. who they're going to take no, by but, moving but up. but they might want to say they're taking a quarterback or they might want to say I mean, think about when the word gets around. Yeah, but but when the Bears were moving up for um Mitch Trubisky. That wasn't as obvious. San Francisco had no idea who they were taking. Neither did anybody. And they didn't, and they didn't really care because. But neither did John Fox. Yeah, right. <laughs> neither did John Fox. That's so I mean, funny. they didn't. I know. It's just amusing. That's how absurd it was. Let's uh, let's try uh, let's try Jason. Jason is on the road. Hi, Jason. Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. So I'm just really confused because we have seen um, Justin Fields play at a very high level in the NFL. Um, I'm in love with the kid, uh, you know, at least his play anyway. Um, I I don't want to trade him, but it occurs to me that, like, if I'm a GM of a team, I'm going to go with what I know rather than what I don't know. And I'm just confused as to why the first pick in the draft would be worth more than Justin Fields. Like, again, I don't want to trade him. I think even if you get, like, a uh, Herschel Walker-type package for him, which you would have to consider, we, the Bears still may wind up regretting that later. But I, I just don't understand why it doesn't seem to be the case. You, you know, uh, I, again, I would, if it were me, I would be trying to throw picks at the Bears for Justin Fields rather than, a, you know, an undersized quarterback in Bryce Young or any of the unknowns in the draft. Why isn't that the case? Well, I guess that's a good question, but the bears wouldn't be inclined to make that deal or have that conversation because they believe in their quarterback and they're not trading him. So even if you would tempt them with say uh, a a package that is more enticing than just what it would be for the number one overall pick, I think that's unlikely. I think it's not realistic because you're the bears. You want to keep on to, the things that you you want to keep your knowns known. You have a quarterback. Right. He's more you, – you may be able to make the argument that Bryce Young could be better in five years, but it's a theoretical argument. Yes. You know what you have in Justin Fields. You know that you have a special player who can succeed at the NFL level. With all the other quarterbacks right now, it's just a projection. It, you have projection versus production. And I think that's why the Bears are not going to trade Justin Fields, and that's why any conversations that would lead them down that road, even though it would be a lot to consider, I don't think that they would entertain. Yeah, I, th- I think that there is a certain intrigue about Justin Fields as to, well, how good could he be? You know, I mean, if you improve this and this around him and you add this, how good could he be? And I think that that's a question that they want to see answered. And I – I don't blame them. I, I think he's been good enough, and the quarterback uh, has been sort of put in a good enough position by the coordinator that you feel like it's going to get better, like it's going to work more. Also, Brandon uh, makes an interesting point, too. There's a, there's a financial component to this. Yeah. And the team trading for Justin Fields would inherit that contract, and the window would already be not as wide open as it Shorter. would if you have a rookie yeah. contract and a right. rookie quarterback. Right, right. So you won't find teams willing to do that. And, and let's face it, the reality is, too, general managers are all self-preservationists, right? Yes. So you draft a rookie quarterback. It buys you, you time. It buys you more time than drafting yeah. somebody who's already an established starter with experience 
when the clock is ticking louder once you get him. John is downstate. Hey, John. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. I was wondering why, uh, Molly, if you know who's going to participate in the Super Bowl and, and eventually win, why just why you don't just tell the Bears who's going to have the worst record this year and <laughs> trade with them? We get another year of Justin Fields and a chance to get Caleb Williams the following year. <laughs> I love that call. That's good, John. Yeah, Thanks, John. yeah, Molly. Hey, why don't you, Molly? Yeah, Molly. Like, <laughs> Come well, on. Me, okay, Molly. At this point, <laughs> is resting on his laurels. He may retire from ever picking another Super Bowl since the absurdity of this year. Uh, is very rarely going to be repeated I just in my capability. How many times next how, August, whenever we predict the season, will you, we hear that drop played over? Which drop and would over? that be? I'm not even sure what you're talking about. <laughs> well, the one. What? You know the one. I'm, I'm not even sure what you are speaking of. It's. Are you talking about uh, a certain soothsayer? That All right, I got the uh, the Eagles will beat the Niners, a couple of teams that didn't win divisions I picked. So I got the Chiefs beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, I got to tell you, like, you disagreed with me right down to that final pick. I did. I know I did. <laughs> I was wrong. So who are the Bears going to but, draft? And you know, we were in the final four. Between the two of us, we had the final four. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Now, I was perfect. You were so perfect. So that's a little better. <laughs> but you did very I, well. I love the fact, though, that we have somebody out there that thinks that because you picked the Super Bowl winner yes. that you can project the draft. I know. Hold I like on, that. Let me just concentrate. Swami and Hall, weekdays, 530 to 10. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That was a fluke if ever there was one, right? I mean, that, that's pretty cool. It's good. We need to lean into that oh a little bit more. Oh, my God. By the way, Dustin informs us that uh, this is interesting news. Again, the combine is where a lot of the stuff will start to break because teams are looking ahead and, and forming their staffs and rosters, et cetera. Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, stepping away from coaching in 2023, will return in 2024. Oh, boy. That's interesting. Well, that worries me. It does because yeah. you worry about health considerations, yes. not to speculate, but that, that leaves you wondering a, a yeah. lot of reasons why oh, you're boy. away for a guy yeah. who had a very strong 2022 yeah. head coaching candidate, a couple places. How old is Leslie? He's got to be in his 60s. Early right? 60s, Early I 60s. believe. Yeah. Oh, boy. So Leslie Frazier, Frazier taking a year away from coaching in 2023. Plans to return yeah. one year later. That's uh, Let's hope that's all. That's exactly what happens. And, and he gets his time off and, and is fine. So, I, that, Did that break this morning, Faustino? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Mm. About five minutes ago now. Wow. That was from the Bills. Okay. So, man. Piece of info, I guess, that happens down at the Combine, right? Yeah, exactly. So Leslie Frazier will turn 64 next uh, month. So he is 63 years old right now. Certainly well, wants to come back. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's a guy that has he's a coaching lifer. Yeah, no question. He's done a great job. Pat is in Cedar Lake, Indiana. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. Good morning. How you doing? Good. So, uh. One of the callers brought up a little bit ago, but a couple of the football insiders that I've listened to, they've talked about um, Justin Fields getting traded, which I just think is is nuts. But um, I wanted to get a straight answer from both of you guys, and I know you guys have talked about it a little bit. 
do you have 100% confidence that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback, even though he's he's looked great with, with running the ball and he's had his moments throwing the ball and he hasn't shown greatness throwing the ball, but he's had his moments. Do you guys have 100% confidence that he is a franchise quarterback and can be the Bears franchise quarterback? And if he is, um, great. If not, do you guys think they would get more value trading him or trading the number one pick? Would they get more back trading field or trading the number one pick? Thanks, Pat. Appreciate the phone call. Well, no, I'm not 100% confident that Justin Fields is the Bears franchise quarterback that's going to lead them to the Super Bowl. I I don't think that you can be 100% confident of anything like that. But I think the majority, if you want to call it that, internally is that he gives you the best chance to do that right now. He is the safest option to me right now. And he is the surest one because hmm. of what he has accomplished. You can't, you can't coach against special. And you always want that in your arsenal, on your roster as an offensive coach, as a head coach, as a GM. Justin Fields has a special component. Does he have flaws in his game? Absolutely. He needs to improve a lot of things in the passing game. But everything is relative. And relative to the quarterbacks out there, the ones available in this draft, and where you are as a franchise, to me, you don't have to be 100% confident because that's unrealistic. But you can commit to him as your franchise quarterback because, to me, that's the most football-sensible thing to do. Uh, Yes, I I would not say that I am 100% confident. I mean, there are a thousand things that get in the way of uh, of guys becoming franchise quarterbacks. There are, you know, always injuries out there. There are, you know, different sort of uh, personal life things that can get in the way. I got a lot of faith in Justin Fields, and I got a lot of faith in, uh, in the way that they improved with him during the season. I felt he made them watchable in a 14-loss season that was all but unwatchable. Um, I I like some of the things I saw from him, and I'm curious to see if he can get significantly better. And, um, you know, I, I think that quarterbacking is – there's a lot that goes into it, and I think he's he has got some intangibles. His competitiveness and his, uh, his, his uh, willingness to work, things like that you must have in order to, to get on that uh, kind of road. And we saw it with Jalen Hurts. He put in an unbelievable offseason for himself. He's, he's worked his whole career, but he's changed the way people view him as a quarterback. And I think that, uh, that Justin Fields needs that sort of a year and may have that kind of a year. I don't know. But I, I like a lot of the elements of his game, and I'm very curious to see where it ends up. And let's face it, if the Bears weren't confident that he could take a similar step because of the intangibles you referenced. If they didn't believe in those intangibles because they have seen him in the building. Yes. They have been around him and they are still committed to him. You would know if those weren't his strengths based on their, their direction that they would choose to go. I think that they are committing to him for a lot of practical reasons, but also because they think he's capable of taking that next step. If you give him, the offensive line and the weaponry around him to to do for the Bears what Jalen Hurts did for the Eagles, and and I you know I hope it happens and I'm curious to see what happens. But I mean, you're asking for certainty about something. Of course not. 
There is no certainty. It's that's the business. It's pro sports. It's exactly right. Drafts are projections. Exactly. Everything is kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. But I, I mean, think it's, it's you do you want to play the percentages, and there's a higher percentage that the Bears can win with Justin Fields than they can with a projected quarterback that they might draft this year you, in Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever that may you be. You want certainty? Okay, I'll give you a certainty. The Bears should have drafted Patrick Mahomes. I'm certain about that fact. Me too. I'm certain about we it. We agree. There's a consensus. Now, you know, would he be the player he is now? Did all the things that happened to him work out perfectly? I still think the Bears should have drafted that guy. That's certainty. I think that's uh, nobody in Chicago is Anybody going to want to argue, argue with that. that. Yeah. No. I don't uh, know that he would be the same quarterback, but I think that they should have drafted him. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. 312-644-6767. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We got to talk a little bit of baseball. There's a lot going on, and uh, and we're going to talk a little baseball, and then we got Mike Florio. So uh, you've got a lot left in this program. We're going to talk to Coom Dog too before we get out of here. That is outstanding. Maybe we'll have a little uh, we'll have a little breaking news out of the combine. Bears announced trade. No, that's no. But, but Ryan Poles is talking. Nine o'clock. And David wants him to say nothing. The Schultz of general managers. Tell no truths. <laughs> Make no waves back, no losers. Hey, it's election day. Make sure you get out. Speaking of that, it's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Great Swami Mully. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, You got some imaging yesterday. The docs are looking at it today. Some of our docs just flew in yesterday being Sunday, so they're going to look at those today, and hopefully uh, we've got some answers by the end of the day. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is the voice of David Ross. And he is talking about um, Seiya Suzuki and his his injury, which... um, Will be determined. We'll have a better feel for it. The he's, oblique, the dreaded he's got oblique, awful, awful thing to have uh, happened to a baseball player in in, in training camp. He, I guess the good news is it's spring training. It's early. It's the last day of February, yeah. so there's plenty of time before opening day, another month or so. But still, say Suzuki reported in the dreaded best shape of his life, and see what he got for that. Now he's. Going to have to make an announcement today that was seemed a little ominous when they said that last night, and he said he's going to make a, yeah. a, a more, have, provide more clarity, which makes you think that maybe the worst is yet to come. Let's hope not, because I think the official part of this is that he's going to withdraw from uh, the World Baseball Classic. He's not going to be able to play for Team Japan. Not going to be able to recruit Shohei Otani. And the better, the the more interesting thing from a Cubs perspective is how long will he be out? You can't. You don't really want to start the season with one of your more dependable players. Is he one of your more dependable he's, he's players? In, he's got to be. But is he? I'm saying. Not yet. But last year, was he was, you know, injury-laden. He was in and out, too. I, I, and, and he did not. I mean, didn't he start pretty well at one point? But then or did he finish well? Which was it? Well, he, he provided some promise early. He was a guy that you thought when he started was going to be. I blame Dustin. Why do you blame Dustin? Because he's talked about how this – he. The, I first heard about what great shape he's in and how his body form had changed. And he played in 111 games last year. And the power he was going to have. He had a finger that. issue that he was sitting on for quite a while, though. He sat on his finger for a while? Took <laughs> took him a while to come back from Not that. Not literally. You, you lose all feeling. Yeah, I, I remember you questioning his, his toughness a little bit there. I, I, I understand that. He's not as been available as much as you hoped – Every day, outfielders should play more than 111 games. Yes. And like 145? So, yeah. I think that Suzuki should look at 140-plus. That's what that ideally what you got him for. You want him to be in the lineup on a regular basis, and he was not available. So this doesn't bode well for his second season uh, with the Cubs. But could be early. Don't want to overreact. But it's not a position where you feel good about the depth this year. In the future, yeah, but not the present. One less reason to watch the World Baseball Classic. And when guys go out and do these body transformations, yes, do you think there is consultation? I, I mean, I think there should be, there, but is there? There must be, don't you think? Well, and here's where I'm going with it. And this is I'm not. End up we had this last year on the other side of town with Lucas Giolito, right? And now he's changed, and then he changed his whole profile this offseason. Well, it got to he, he had to have. Consulted with the team. Let's go back to our conversation with Tommy Hadovy. What did he say about the the best thing, an important thing about this offseason was the ability to communicate with pitchers, to get them a baseline in their pitching lab, to to understand their nutrition and their regimen and their conditioning. All those things factored into them having reported to Arizona. No surprises. They knew exactly where Kyle Hendricks was. They knew where Justin Steele was, et cetera, et cetera. I've got to think. That would stand for position players too, right? I don't know. I I mean, here's the thing, and I mean this. I don't know if Suzuki felt after one year in MLB, you know, this, I got to get stronger in order to hit the ball farther. Like, did he come to that conclusion or did they come to that conclusion? 
because he supposedly put on 20 pounds a month. Well, whoever did was right. He's got to hit more than 14 home runs for him. But he did. Bulk he also up. has to be careful not to injure himself on the way to bulking up. Is my point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point, and that may be related to this, and it may not be. I, I don't know. Be. It may just be happens. But he did miss the month of June with that finger injury, and you wonder about you you wonder about somebody who that we don't know real well about his ability or willingness to play through things. Or do, how does he react to things? And with this new body, with these different layer, layers of muscle, what, is he reacting to that as well? He has more muscles to pull now. It's interesting because we've seen, like, the Cubs have come in and certain guys have added weight and muscle. Hopefully the weight is from muscle. And on the other side of town, we're seeing guys like Lucas Giolito and Aloy both dropping 20-plus pounds. So, you know, in Aloy, like part of his big attraction, obviously, is his bat. And you don't want to see him being a biscuit shy of getting out of the ballpark because all of a sudden he's 20 pounds lighter than he was last year. I was more encouraged by Aloy losing that weight than Suzuki gaining his because I'm not worried about Aloy. He can drive the ball. He's still going to be able to drive the ball. Hitting his timing. Let me tell you something. I'm still nervous about the idea of Aloy in right field. And – Listening to Pedro Grifol talk about it and listening to uh, Aloy, everything he said, Aloy has no interest in being the DH. He said that. He doesn't like the idea of being the DH. He did it because he was hurt last year. The White Sox seemingly have replaced him in left field, so now he's going to try right and they're going to go along no, with it? No, That's what we're but, seeing. But I know he got a, a start out there on the first game because they wanted to get him ready, and they promised him that for the World Baseball Classic, which scares scares me as well. But I don't know that I'm – not, I'm not saying that I'd like that Eloy is lighter and more athletic so he could roam the outfield because I think that's a dangerous proposition. Hide his glove, please. Yeah. I, I just think that running the bases no longer seems like it's going to lead – him down a dangerous path. The base paths got safer when he lost his weight. He seemed, he looks more athletic. He's more lean. I know, but and, I, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you say, David. I just think he did it to play the outfield. I think that he hasn't, and he's a young guy, and he doesn't want to give up that dream. But that, that and the fact that they're kind of, Letting him, they're they're allowing him to lose the starting job to Oscar Colas because they know he will, and it just like they're that, humoring him. You think I by think letting him I, play out there a couple I, times? I'm firmly convinced ah. they're humoring him, yeah. and I'm firmly convinced that if anything goes awry while they're humoring him, my brain might blow up. <laughs> well, let's there hope is that. a horrible possibility that as I am. As I find out he got hurt trying to play this position he should never have been used in, as I'm slamming the car door on my head, I may injure myself permanently. That's, I hope that that's what happen. I'm afraid of. Yeah, I know. I that, worry about me I watching know. Well, this. I'm, I'm worried about you too now. Thank you, buddy. Now I'm more Thank worried you. about you than Eloy. Thank How you. many people can I worry about? I've got Saya you on got, my mind. You are. You got, got Patrick Wisdom who's hurt now. Oh boy, Justin Steele has been like a thorn in your side. You know the Cubs. That's not a good start to no, a, to a promising good. spring training. You got three news stories, three consecutive days of guys scratched for injury reasons. Don't like that. Can, can, okay, so yesterday as I'm watching the game, 
Stoney said something along the lines of <laughs> the White Sox are due for uh, a healthy season because they've had so many problems the last couple of years. And I, I just wondered, is that how it works? Is that Dr. Stone to is you? That what, but I'm just saying, like. I, I, That's I, not how it works. I, I See, I'm thinking. That's not how it I'm works. I'm thinking if you have a lot of injuries, there might be something else to address than karma. Well, I, I, I don't think that karma was on the off-season priority list of things to address for Rick Hahn. I hope not. Because you can't fix that. It is now. (laughs) (laughs) They had to address something in terms of, they had so many injuries last year related to things that were not exactly high-risk situations, put it that way. Running to first shouldn't be such a challenge. You know, chasing down balls in the outfield shouldn't carry such a risk. The White Sox didn't do either one without really putting themselves in harm's way. And that's the problem. So with nutrition, conditioning, whatever the case may be, the Sox had an issue. Let's hope they addressed it. Aloy report reporting 25 pounds lighter to me looks like he addressed his personal individual situation. I would look at that as a positive, not a negative. Yeah, I don't know why I, you're insisting on it being a negative. Experience. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I mean, we have a texter checking in <laughs> saying that, problem is that now that he's faster, he'll run into the wall faster. He'll hurt himself. More, more. velocity. <laughs> exactly. It's very funny. Yikes. We also have another texter who's who's uh, mad at you, apparently. He mad says, at me. What is it? Uh, did Haw just say he has more muscles to pull? I think you meant that he's, like, tightened up his muscles and they're more. He has more that, muscle mass. Yeah. You don't yeah, mean that. I don't he's, mean he added a muscle, but it's it's like conceivably there there was like they I believe it like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. developed like a little pop on top of his bicep because of some lift he was yeah, doing. Yeah, you could do that. Pele, they he, they say he developed some like muscle on the side of his foot. They didn't know really it existed, but the way he played, whatever it was. So maybe. Say a Suzuki, is it this big a reach to think he just developed a new muscle? He pulled? did. He did look bigger. His <laughs> muscles were larger. He was swollen. He was. Well, <laughs> he whatever he muscles. did, he had more muscle mass. And when you sometimes <laughs> He did not look like a bag of potatoes. <laughs> right. He did not like look Russell like a bag Wilson. of potatoes. Did not look, there was no Russell Wilson right. lookalike contest at uh, Sloan Park. Yeah, and, and I would encourage you to listen to what we mean, not what we say. So I think what you said was perfectly valid, regardless of whether the text you knew. I, I did not mean he added yes, a a special muscle, a specific no muscle. Yeah, that you you know, with however you would do that. It just means there's more. Why do people worry about when guys add weight, add muscle weight, add that kind right. of weight? Because they get tighter. Yes, they have more mass, That's and so exactly. it's a little bit more mechanical, robotic, and not as fluid. And Suzuki Suzuki. As big as he looked on opening day and the first day of spring training, not as fluid. I, I hope people were watching on, on Twitch as you were explaining. <laughs> it was really well done. I was just trying to, you know. It was good. No, I, I totally picked up on it. That was good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what I to do. I felt what you were laying I wouldn't down. know how to talk if you tied my hands down. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. You have to make you're, your you're, points. You're downright Italian. <sighs> Practically. Practically. Anyway. But no, I I, um, I I think it's a legitimate uh, concern. When you get injuries early in in training camp, it's it's just a reminder that you don't have the depth 
to afford any kind of losses, especially in, in power positions. 708 asks a question and texts in something I think you're talking about without mentioning it specifically, but I have wondered, how will the White Sox protect Aloy from getting hurt at the oh, World Baseball God. Classic? Because that's where he's going to be playing the outfield. I know, I know. And you have no control over that. I understand. And that's why I would draw the line at this World Baseball Classic. You can be patriotic, but you don't have to send all your players or let them represent their countries if they're if they're, if you're paying them not to. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to watching any of that. Honestly, I'm just not because I just worry about injury and stuff like that. You just want to. With the White Sox in particular, preservation is as important as anything else. As you look at the way last year unfolded and how they can't handle injuries and how they have them seemingly every year every in year. certain positions, it's yeah. just frustrating. And I, I, I'm honest about this. I see the Cubs going through a couple injuries, and I keep looking like, where's the bad news coming from? Maybe the karmic wheel will turn correctly for the White Sox. We've got Mike Florio next. We'll talk to him. Mully and Hall on the score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day, day by day, we get better and better. Day day. better. So we can't beat, beat. We can't beat, beat. We'll beat, beat. NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We love our opportunity to talk to Mike Florio, and he joins us now on The Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Michael, good morning. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hello from Indianapolis. Yeah, that's the place to be, and obviously the uh, the Bears have the number one pick in the draft, so it, it behooves them to uh, to look at every possibility. And uh, you know, increasingly, we we know they're they're not interested in trading Justin Fields. Not that anyone in Chicago suspected that would be the case, but they are interested in getting out of that pick and not getting out of it, but gaining something to move. They want to get as much as humanly possible. Are you hearing a lot of speculation on that, Mike? Well, yeah, and this is the case every year because at the end of the day, your decision whether you use the pick or trade the pick is influenced by many factors, including what you are going to get. What's your best offer for the pick? Are you getting enough to justify moving out of that spot? And I know some people are confused by the news that the Bears are going to scout all the top quarterbacks, but the reality is – when it's time to make that trade, the more you know about the player they're coming up to get, because they're not coming up to the first pick just to tell their friends and family, hey, we got the first pick in the draft. They're coming up there for a guy. The more you know about that guy, the, the better you can negotiate the right package because you can engage in a meaningful conversation because you've dug into the details, you've scouted the guy, and you know what he's worth. They're coming up to get him. They're not coming up just to get that pick. Mike, you're in Indy, so Brian Gutekunst just spoke at the NFL Combine, and he said that in regard to Aaron Rodgers, that they uh, has not had those kind of conversations yet. He's a great player, but they will do what's best for the Green Bay Packers, and he's been in constant communication with Jordan Love and has a lot of confidence in him, and he absolutely is ready to be a starter. How do you interpret what he said? Well, that's a far cry from we're committed to Aaron Rodgers. We want Aaron Rodgers back. The red carpet is still out. Why wouldn't we want him? Yada, yada, yada. So 
I feel like they're in the same spot they were 15 years ago after having a first-round pick sit on the bench for three years. They want to move forward with him. And remember, the difference between Rodgers and Jordan Love, Rodgers kind of fell into their laps. Jordan Love is a guy they decided to trade up and get. So this has been three years in the making. Two straight MVP seasons delayed it, but last year I think was enough of a regression by Rodgers and also enough of a lack of involvement by Rodgers in the offseason program, getting those new receivers comfortable, being fully committed, makes it easier to turn the page. And now they just have to figure out when and to whom. I think that's the key, to whom he gets traded. They also have to hope that his attitude isn't, well, I'm just staying no matter what, and I won't accept the trade anywhere. And you either cut me or you just put me on the roster, and then they have a real mess because they have to decide between playing Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, I I wonder how Rodgers will feel about this because he seems to be offended fairly easily, and it's probably not the kind of thing he wants to hear. But you look at his contract, I'm sure he'd like to get paid. I don't think he's retiring. So does he wind up somewhere else, Mike, or does he? are they stuck with him? Well, I think one of the factors that hasn't gotten nearly the attention it should is what if he wants to go to a team that they don't want to trade him to? At what point does he roll up his sleeves and fight them a little bit on this idea that, hey, you guys don't want me. I've been here for all these years. Why don't you let me go where I want to go? Why are you worried about me playing for an NFC team? If that's the truth, as it was 15 years ago, they didn't want him to play for especially an NFC North team, but they got him out of the conference altogether. Why do they care now? Why not just let him go where he wants to go? And, you know, if he really wants to take the Brett Favre career arc to its extreme, he could retire now and then unretire later and really put him in a spot because 15 years ago they were able to absorb Brett Favre's salary. I don't think they'd be able to comply with the cap if Rodgers decides in July he's going to show up again, and then he would dictate where he wants to go. And, you know, if he's suddenly available like Favre was in 2008, would there be teams that, that scuttle their plans like the Jets did? I wouldn't be surprised if there were. So that's one potential way the dominoes fall that I think we need to keep an eye on. He could retire now and then unretire later and really stay in this, this Brett Favre career footsteps. Although at some point it would be wise for him to, you know, remove the Crocs and get out of the footsteps. But for now, he, could, he can follow along with Favre. Mike, the Washington Post reported that Daniel Snyder is demanding that uh, he be free and protected from legal liability moving forward if he sells the team from other owners. How ridiculous is that, and how did it go over? Well, yeah, like what liability would he be concerned about unless there's something out there that we don't really know about, whether it's the money that he, he allegedly directed toward different activities at FedEx Field and kept money from the owners. It's just, it's odd to me that he wants anything. He's just sell the team and move on. And the ESPN article from the day, I don't know if you guys have seen it or talked about it, the Don Bayonetta piece, that really throws jet fuel on this fire that I think is going to push Snyder out. If there's any merit to this idea that he, he had a $55 million loan that he obtained without approval of his partners and the league apparently didn't push him the way that it should and it just it's starting to feel like they've found something that is really going to force his hand and and I know that plenty of commanders fans believe that there's never going to be anything that really forces his hand but this item that ESPN pushed today makes me think that they're as close as they've ever been Mike we learned this morning that Leslie Frazier a former bear an 85 uh, Chicago bear stepping away 
for the 2023 season uh, as the defensive coordinator in uh, in Buffalo, and he plans to come back in 2024. That that's kind of scary to hear an announcement like that. Yeah, it is, and I haven't seen many details about it. This is very late in the process for a decision like that to be made. And, you know, it's it's uh, something that's going to confuse a lot of people. He's done very well there. And, uh, you know, he was in the head coaching conversation a couple of years ago, maybe as recently as last year, but not in this cycle. But, yeah, I mean, when you hear something like that, you hope everything's fine and you hope that he gets back into coaching as soon as possible. Mike, do you like the roughing the passer penalty being reviewable? <laughs> Well, I, I, here's, here's what I would like them to do. I would like them to remove the rule or the portion of the rule that says when in doubt, throw the flag. That's what creates the problem. And every time there's a questionable roughing call, that's what needs to be pointed out. When, when we're trying to look at the, the frame by frame, well, was it roughing? Was it not roughing? The, the, the important point is the rule specifically says when in doubt, throw the flag. And the idea is, they want to protect the quarterbacks at all costs. And when, when Judy Batista of NFL Network reported on Sunday that the competition committee looked at 80 roughing plays and only found three questionable calls, that told me they're not doing anything. They're fine with the way it is because they want to protect the quarterbacks. They'll deal with periodic criticism and complaint that there were roughing calls that shouldn't have been made because they want to keep quarterbacks healthy as long as possible. Look at, look at one of the other rules that everyone's pushing having that third quarterback active on game day. They want healthy quarterbacks because when you get to a point where the starter's out, the game takes a dramatic dip. And then when you have the backup out and you're left with either the starter who can't throw five yards and Brock Purdy coming back into the game or a running back playing quarterback, that's not good for anybody. So I think bottom line, they want to protect the quarterbacks. So I don't think it's going to be reviewable. I don't think they're going to change anything. Great stuff, Mike. Thank you as always. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. All right, great talking to you guys. That is Mike Florio from uh, Pro Football Talk. Great job as always. A lot of good stuff from him. He's busy this week because rumors are flying all over Indy. Man. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. We've got the Coom Dog. We're going to bring in Ron Coomer, and we're going to talk some baseball with him, talk some Cubs baseball. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero 
Toyota's vision for a carbon neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.